Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back, everybody, to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I am Sam Thrash with Fall Obsession, your host for this week's podcast episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. This week I am joined by special guest. Um, we've been keeping up with her on, on Instagram and saw a pretty good buck that she killed this last year, which is what we're going to get into with her today, and that is Miss Allie Butler. Allie, welcome to Fall Obsession podcast. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Happy to have you on board and looking forward to diving into this conversation. It's going to be fun. Awesome. I'm excited. So kind of to, to get things started, I'll, I'll let you have the floor and just kind of tell folks a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got into hunting and, and the outdoors. For sure. Yeah. So I'm from Kentucky. I was born here, raised here, and I'm still here. Um, I kind of got started hunting with my dad when my parents divorced. I was not even two years old yet and they divorced. So anytime my dad wanted to go out hunting or anything, he would just take me with him, checking traps, throw me on his shoulders, whatever it was. And I kind of just grew that passion from there. Awesome. Very cool. So have you, have you pretty much stayed in Kentucky as far as your hunting experiences or have you been able to, to venture out a whole lot? Well, um, I've ventured out. I've been to a couple different countries. Mainly, I like to hunt at home just because it's kind of something me and my dad do together. And I always come back. I like to come back to my roots and hunt with him. But I travel when I can with this year being like it was. It was kind of rough. But yeah. in the previous years, I've traveled a little bit. Well, very cool. 
so tell us, be, let's get a little bit more specific as far as where, where you tend to, where you tend to find yourself hunting. You, I mean, you mentioned at home, um, and, and I know the, the meat of the story comes from, from Kansas this year. Um, and you had a, a good buck out there. Um, whitetails, turkey, what do you normally find yourself chasing and where? Yeah. So I started whitetail hunting. That's kind of what grew my passion for the outdoors. Um, that's something I've always done. And the last, I'd say last 10 years, I started turkey hunting and I traveled to New Zealand this past year, um, to hunt red stag, which was my number one bucket list hunt. So I hunted stag and tar and goat over there. And then I've been to Mexico. I went turkey hunting down there and I killed a mule deer as well. And then Canada a couple times as well. Wow. Very impressive. Mainly waterfowl. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. For somebody who likes to hunt close to home, you, you do get around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, over the years, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So before we dive into, because anybody that follows you, and I'm sure there's some of your followers and, and friends online that are, that are listening to this episode, anybody that follows you knows that you killed a really nice buck in Kansas. And as I've already mentioned a couple of times, that's, that's what we kind of want to get into and, and talk about that hunt on this, on this episode. But, um, you also have a, a pretty big following of, of your own on, on social media and in the hunting community over the years, how have opportunities come along to, to help you gain that, gain that following and, and be able to travel around and, and hunt all these different places? Yeah, so a lot of my friendships have also been built over Instagram or Facebook, any kind of social media. It kind of links me to other girls. And there's been a lot of like girls hunts that different ladies have put together um, that I've been included on. And it kind of branches from there. Um, I've met several different outfitters and females in the industry. So, I mean, anywhere I go to hunt, it pretty much links back to social media. So it's really helped me branch out from just hunting in Kentucky. Very cool. Now I have this, I have this as a question I wanted to ask you actually it, it's later on down my notes for this episode, but I, I think it's more relevant looking at it now. Um, and that is how did you get into to bow hunting? Because the deer that we're going to talk about today, you killed with, with a bow, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so how did you get into archery and bow hunting? Um, I just kind of did it, honestly. Like, I, <laughs> I have always been a gun hunter um, growing up. My dad didn't bow hunt, so I never really was interested in bow hunting. And then the more I kind of grew in the, I guess the more that I saw people doing it, I wanted to try it. So I tried it out and I loved it. Actually, I'd rather bow hunt than gun hunt now. And I love bow fishing as well so it's just i don't know it's i don't know if it's the challenge or what but i just i love it, it I'm definitely hooked yeah it it's i always look at it as as a challenge and just just a passion you just find those things in life that you're passionate about and that you know that are unlike anything else because right. i mean i for me i grew up gun hunting and then just ended up my dad wasn't a bow hunter so i ended up trying it one day kind of kind of like you and and got hooked from there so i it's just one of those things that once you, 
I, I know everybody said it, but once you start it, it's hard to, hard to give it up. So. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't even have to be hunting something. I can just be out in the yard practicing and I'm pretty content. It's just something I like to do with family, just shoot bows on the weekends and grill out. Absolutely. So let's get into this, uh, this story of this big deer and, and we'll, we'll kind of kick off some hunting stories with, with that one right there. Cause this was, at, at least from our observations, a very impressive whitetail buck that you killed this year in Kansas. Yeah. So, um, I decided to take this trip to Kansas with some friends and I showed up and the day I showed up, there was actually a buck on trail camera when we had pulled the cards he decided to show up whenever the snow I think it was the first day it snowed I don't know if it was the first or second day that it snowed he was on trail camera and there was snow in the background so I decided to name him snowflake after seeing the pictures of him in the snow and from there I would just keep an eye on him and the next morning I decided to hunt him I of course he didn't show up so I took a break and hunted a different spot that afternoon and he decided to show up, of course, the evening that I'm not hunting there. Um, so the next morning, I decided to hunt back there. Um, and then the same evening, I hunted there. And he stepped out like he didn't have a clue that I was there at all. He didn't even look up at me, not once. A little buck followed him, and then they were just tickling horns in front of me. It was just so awesome to watch. And there was a couple doe in the field to my right, but... So it was kind of a challenge pulling back my bow with that many eyes on me, but um, I managed to do it. I managed to turn my GoPro on, so I self-filmed the whole thing, and I drew back, and I really wasn't in any hurry. I really wasn't nervous, surprisingly. Um, I got a steady shot at about 25 yards and let an arrow fly, and it stuck him a little bit low and a little bit back, but he didn't run probably 70 yards. Wow. That's awesome. Now, now you're in a tree stand, is that correct? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I was in a, a tree stand. Yep. And a cedar tree. Gotcha. So going into this hunt, did you have any idea that, that this kind of deer would be the, the size or the caliber, caliber of deer that you'd be, that you'd be looking at? Yeah. I mean, I knew that there was big deer in Kansas, so that's why I put in for a tag and luckily I was drawn, um, I wasn't going to shoot anything less than 140, so I, I kind of had my eyes out for something like that, and he ended up scoring 152 and 5 ace after we let him dry for the 60-day period. Right. I believe it's 60 days. So you were you were looking for a, a good, mature, a, a big deer. Um, I mean, I consider 140 plus a big deer, personally, so um, yeah. So you were looking for, for a good buck. When you got, you, you were talking earlier about pulling those cards and, and seeing them on trail cam, were there, were there other bucks that were of the same caliber? I, I, what I'm getting at is, is what, what made you decide that he was the one you wanted to hunt? I gotcha. Um, so obviously I want, I want a mature deer. It's more important to me than, you know, size or whatever. But when he stepped out and I just seen that trail camera picture, like, the outfitter that I was hunting with had no pictures of him. And I was like, okay, I want to hunt him. He was just unique. He kind of just, his antler kind of looks like a snowflake. <laughs> if you've seen it, um, it's on my Instagram page too. You can check it out. It's real white and just 
he's just awesome. Like I just knew that he, I wanted to hunt him while I was there. I only had four or five days to hunt. So I wanted to try to make it happen within that period. And I just feel like he showed up just in time. So what was your reaction after shooting a deer like this? Um, obviously I was jittery and shaken and excited. First person I called was my dad as always, but he was just as excited as I was. Is this your biggest deer ever so far? No, this is my biggest deer with the bow. Awesome. I, I killed a, actually it kind of helped me with my career. I killed a 187 back in 2015 on our farm here in Kentucky. Oh, wow. Well, I may uh, I may ask you about that hunt here in uh, here in a little bit if that's all right. But, sure, sure, yeah, but, that definitely is my favorite hunt of all time. So we can talk about that for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that here here in a minute for sure. But to wrap up your your Kansas story, you shot this deer. You're excited, walking up on him and getting your hands on him for the first time. I I always like to ask folks this: is is what what were you, your thoughts when you actually laid hands on him for the first time and was he what you thought he was yes absolutely he was he was everything I thought he was for sure and I had great friends with me walking up on him so that just made that memory so much better um I think there was five or six friends with me and we just celebrated right there in the field and then took him back to the lodge and celebrated some more that's awesome very cool Awesome, awesome buck, and and even cooler to have that be your your first buck with a bow. That, that's For or sure. your biggest buck with a bow. Excuse me. Yeah, my first Kansas buck. First ever. Kansas buck. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, I have a I have a couple other points that I wanna that I wanna hit with you and wanna talk about, and and you just brought one up that I didn't have in my notes, but I wanna I wanna hear about this hundred and eighty class buck that you killed in Kentucky now, because that's that's a stud anywhere you go. For sure. Yeah. It was, it was crazy, really. My uncle had been after this buck. I guess we had pictures of him three years prior, uh, I believe. Um, But anyways, we had pictures of him, trail cam pictures of him, mainly my uncle, his property joins my dad's. So we pretty much hunt all of the same deer. And he actually drew back on him with a bow I believe it was five days before gun season came in and then gun season comes in on a Saturday and I was hunting of course all day Saturday. And then I was in my evening hunt on Sunday and I had, I was hunting in a homemade stand, you know, you had to climb the branches and you're sitting on a, a just a board yeah. <laughs> kind of out in the opening. Yeah, I've been that there. was a couple <laughs> days I feel like, <laughs> yeah, but I was hunting that evening, you know, I had kind of done, given up for the day I know that's not <laughs> not really what you want to hear but and then out of nowhere comes a doe busting out I guess it was like I'm trying to think 250 yards out I believe when I shot him let's see let me finish the story so he, she comes out and then he's following right behind her and I didn't even have time to look and see which bucket was back then I wasn't near as picky I just knew it was a shooter I pulled the trigger and dropped him and we counted out to be 240 yards with my 30 op six. Wow. After I was hunting alone and my dad, I had heard him shot shoot. Like, I guess he was hunting like probably like a thousand yards to my left. And I heard a shot over there. So I knew it was him 
and he come to pick me up at dark and I was like shaking still because this was like an hour after I shot him and he's like did you get one you know he had no idea that it was that buck and I was like yeah yeah I got a nice one I think (laughs) and we walked out there and he just started like crying and crying he like picked me up and hugged me it was just crazy and he was like you killed Booner we nicknamed him Booner and he was just he was more excited than I was, which I didn't think it was possible. But, <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely a buck of a lifetime for sure. And to be killed on our, our property, that's pretty awesome. That is awesome. So, so you guys have your own hunting land there in Kentucky, then. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that you guys that you guys are are managing managing it and working it and and trying to to grow some good deer. Yeah, we're trying to keyword trying <laughs> well i mean you it's had a 180 hard. out there so <laughs> right yeah we don't have a ton of acres but um we have neighbors that you know caught wind that were killing big deer and all of them all of a sudden like to hunt or bringing people to hunt so it's kind of hard to manage it that way now but um yeah. we're trying with what we got anyway well, for sure that's good it's one it's good to have your own place to hunt like that that's that's consistent year to year and that you can put some time and work into uh we've said it before on a podcast and i'm I'm a big believer it's you know it's hard to hard to have a good management program when when neighbors aren't on the same page but you do what you can you know so. right yeah we still put a lot of time and a lot of work year round so it's all part of it absolutely so you you briefly mentioned it when you were just kind of talking about some of the places you've been earlier, um, but you went to New Zealand on on a pretty cool hunt there. I believe you told me um, before we start recording that it was in May of 2019. Um, but tell us a little bit about that trip because that's not something that you know most people get to go do. So that that's a really cool experience. Let's let's hear a little bit about that if you don't mind. Yeah, so obviously Red Stag in New Zealand has been the top of my bucket list forever. And I started working for or filming for this company called Extreme. They were actually filming a show for Jeffrey Earnhardt, which is a NASCAR driver. Um, the show is called Earn It. So we were out there filming for that. And we we were hunting Red Stag and Arapala sheep and tar in the mountains which was the most exciting hunt of all of them really but um yeah it was a cool time I obviously got a stag a nice stag and it was a cool experience for sure the tar was definitely the top experience mainly because I'm scared of pipes and we were actually flying around in helicopters and the helicopter would like swoop down and drop us on the side of the mountain and like then we would shoot the tar and then then they would pick us up in the tar so it was it was a rush for sure wow yeah it was crazy <laughs> that is that's that's not something that you get to do every day for sure that, that is awesome i'll probably never do it again but <laughs> it's in the books and when we were there actually we did um what's it called i'm blanking not skydiving, but when you jump off the side of a oh bungee mountain. jumping or something yes. okay. yeah yeah we, we went bungee jumping and it was oh it was so scary <laughs> <laughs> I almost didn't do it I backed up several times 
That's uh, that's probably not something you'll ever catch me doing. I I can say no, that. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll never do it again. I do not recommend it. But well, an awesome trip. It sounds like a re- some really cool experiences all the way around. Um, and and like you said, that, or you know, not something they get to do all the time. So very cool. Right. So kind of to to continue moving forward and through our conversation, um, you. As we mentioned before, you have your own your own following and and everything in the outdoor industry. What are some of your goals as, as a as a huntress and an outdoors woman moving forward in the hunting and outdoor industry? So the first thing I just want to get more people involved, especially females and children. Um, so recently, I started my own podcast in a pair line called Piddling Outdoors and Piddling Outdoors Podcast. So I just want to encourage more women and children to get outdoors, um, men too, but you just don't see women outdoors as much as they should. I just want to encourage them to just go for it and that there's no wrong or right way to, to do it. I mean, there's no right or wrong gear. There's no right or wrong camo to wear. Just use what you got and go try it out. It can't hurt anything. I mean, I, when I started out, I wore old army camo and here I am, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. It, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to get started and, and having, having influencers, whether it's a family member or, or somebody like yourself that the other folks are watching online, um, to encourage people and push people in that right direction. That that's a, that's a huge part because there's, you know, I know we, we put a lot of focus at fall obsession behind, you know, getting kids and youth involved in, in hunting and everything. And it, it, that, that in particular doesn't happen without a, a mentor like figure, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm lucky to have, you know, my dad that kind of got me into it, as I mentioned, but I will say I actually got him into turkey hunting. So it was the other way around. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He had no interest in turkey hunting at all. And one day I was like, you know, turkey season's this weekend. We should try it. He was like, eh, eh. we don't even have the decoys. I'm like, I will get the decoys and we're going to go try it. So I drug him out there. I drug his girlfriend out there with us. And we all three went the first morning. Of course I was the shooter and we shot one and, we never look back. We're hooked for life. So, you know, you never know until you try it. And even if you don't like to hunt, I mean, getting outdoors, just getting out there, fishing, whatever it is. Well, it, it's a it's a great goal for sure. And it's a good thing that you're using that you're using your platform and then your your piddling outdoors company to to be able to hopefully better accomplish that goal. That that's really cool. For sure. Thank you. So turkey hunting, you got any plans or anything like that with your with your dad or anything for this upcoming season yeah so I usually always hunt with my dad during turkey season that's my main priority is hunting at home um with that being said Florida season comes in late March I believe it is so I always go down there and hunt with my friend Sarah with Triple Crown Outfitters um she has a nice little outfit and can't wait to be down there with her again excellent yeah we're we're quickly approaching those uh, turkey hunting months and, and scouting prior to and all that. So I know myself included, a lot of guys are excited and, and ready to get out there. It's I'm hoping that's going to be a good year this year. Excited. I'm, I was fortunate enough to get my Grand Slam this last season. But this season, like I said, I just want to focus more on getting it on film and just in 
soaking in the experience, you know, hunting back home with my dad and friends around here, maybe take a, take a new friend that has never turkey hunted before, get them involved. Absolutely. I I would encourage anybody to do that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. If they get one, I know they'll be hooked. I mean, it's just a matter of being patient and luck. Well, Allie, some really, some really awesome stories and some great experiences, um, that you've had here in, in recent seasons. It's pretty, pretty awesome to hear about. I appreciate you sharing all that with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me on on the show today. Absolutely. Our pleasure. But before we let you go, we're going to hit you with uh, kind of our closing questions. Anybody we have on the podcast that is a, a new guest, we, we always try to ask these questions. So I'll, I'll dive into those here real quick if, if you're all right with that. Yeah, for sure. So the first, first question I have is, what is your favorite hunting memory and why? And I know you already talked about your, um, your 180-inch buck and, and that being one of your favorite memories. So um, if, if that's number one, then let's hear about number two as well. <laughs> okay. Um, well, number two would probably be the red stag. Not going to lie, but um, just any hunt, probably the first turkey I shot with my dad by my side, just kind of encouraging him to get out there and hunt with me. I mean, now he hunts by himself turkey hunting and he's hooked. So anytime, any hunt with my dad, really. I mean, we went shed hunting yesterday. We walked about three and a half miles and I enjoyed that just being with him. Absolutely. For sure. And anytime outdoors with family, um, right. especially with somebody that you've been hunting with, with for years. I know my dad got me into hunting as well. And so anytime I get to go out there and hunt with him again, which isn't as often as it, as it used to be, but anytime I get to it, it's always a good time. So that's right. That's always Absolutely. good. All right. So the next question, what are some of your top bucket list hunts that you have not gotten to do yet? Definitely want to go to Alaska and hunt moose and brown bear. Um, those would probably be my top two. Awesome. Yeah. I'd, I've talked to a lot of people on this podcast that, that have mentioned going up to Alaska to hunt various things, whether it's moose or bear or caribou or, or anything like that. So it seems to, seems to be a dream destination for a lot of folks. Yeah, for sure. I will. That's definitely on the bucket list. So we'll see maybe one day. Hopefully it works out. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Third and final question. What is a big, and we've already kind of touched on this a little bit, I think, but what is a big piece of advice that you have for today's bow hunters and bow huntresses who are trying to share their success and their experiences in the today's world of social media and online, the online hunting world, basically? Just give it a go. Just go for it. There's nothing holding you back. There's no reason you shouldn't try it out. I don't. I can't think of one. I mean, if you love it, you love it. If you don't like it, well, at least you can say you tried. Very well put, in my opinion. Thank you. Well, Allie, I, again, I appreciate you coming on the podcast with us this week for, for this episode. Enjoyed talking to you and, and hear about some of your, your stories and your experiences and, and what you got going on. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Real quick, before we wrap it up, um, for those listeners who are coming from our platform who may not uh, have heard of you or, or know where to find you, tell them, tell them how they can do so. Yeah. So you can, y'all can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, 
and YouTube. It is just Allie M. Butler on most of those. On Facebook, it is Allie Butler Hunting. And Piddling Outdoors is just Piddling Outdoors on Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. And is your have you started your podcast yet, or is it about is it coming soon? Uh, coming soon. All right. Yeah. Well, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, we'll be sure we keep an eye out for that. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you all for listening to another week of our Fall Obsession podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you have not already, follow Fall Obsession on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our website, fallobsession.com, is the hub. That's where you can find all of our uh, hunting and educational content on there. We also have some uh, reviews, some articles, some recipes. I believe, Ali, you have some recipes um, on your pages as well, actually. Yeah, so I actually have a highlight called Recipes. You can just check it out from there. Awesome. Uh, be sure to do that. I know you got some some tasty looking stuff on there, so I'll mm-hmm. I might I might be stealing some recipes from you for for my kitchen. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So guys, go check us out. Um, fallobsession.com slash podcast. That is where you can find not only all of our podcast episodes, but you can also send us feedback. Um, we really appreciate any feedback that you guys are willing to give. Um, also, for any of you guys interested in association with this episode, we are going to do a, a little discount on our online store. So if you go to uh, fallobsession.com slash store, you can order any apparel for 25% off with the code AllieB. And uh, we'll get you hooked up that way. Allie, thank you again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I had a good time. Awesome. We did as well. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you again next week for another Fall Obsession podcast episode.